Look, here we go on a Wednesday afternoon. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. This is Sports Talk here on 600 ESPN El Paso. You can weigh into the program by calling up 505-6009. That is our telephone number, 505-6009. You can tweet the show, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. You can message us on our free mobile app, which, by the way, has a brand new sponsor, First American Bank. Local since 1903, new to El Paso, but not the area. And that is the best way to listen to us, to Chihuahuas Baseball, to UTEP Sports, to all things sports here on the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right. So we got a lot to cover over the next uh, two and a half with you. Jay Jaffe is going to join us coming up uh, here in our next segment. Excited about that. Bernie Olivas. At 5 o'clock for our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. We get to pick games again. And Adrian gets to take bragging rights this week. Congratulations, Adrian. You deserve to smile. You at least, when uh, you, you picked a respectable 6 out of 10, which is much better than I can say for yours truly and for um, the one and only Bernie Olivas. So right now, you and I are tied, I believe right now. We have 10 of 20 correct so far. Bernie is uh, trailing both of us. He is 9 of 20 so far. Bernie asked me last time, are you going to keep track of this? Like, who's leading, who's winning between all of us? Yes. The answer is yes, Bernie. I'll, I'll make sure I will do that. And uh, yeah, we'll have the count up uh, up and running. When is Bernie taking us out to lunch to pay for his lost uh, lost bet last year when he finished worst of the three of us? Yeah, that's a great question, Steve. I, I think we him. have to do it early because if not it's going to be a double dosage for bernie at the end of this year if, if yeah. things uh, continue this way 100 percent, 100 percent. so uh i'm looking forward to having uh and then uh rob jones is going to join us at six this is a really really cool story folks so um rob is uh, a disabled vet he has had both of his legs uh amputated and yet um, is going to be, and he's raised a ton of money for vets, like over $225,000 over the years. And he's going to be taking part in a 5K tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. and up and running on the west side. And it's free to run. All they ask is that you, uh, you know, donate to his cause. That's it. So you support Rob. That's awesome. He's going to join us at 6. He's in town. Can't wait to talk to Rob Jones here on the program uh, coming up at our 6 o'clock hour. Yeah, he has a website, robjonesjourney.com. That's where you can learn a little bit about this. But 31 marathons in 31 days over 31 cities. Uh, what an amazing feat right there to accomplish. And I love the story from Rob Jones. So can't wait for him to join us here on Sports Talk today. I can't either. Um, that is awesome. So Rob Jones, um, again, will join us. Uh, and he is a, uh, you know, he was in the Marine Corps and uh, now is just doing some amazing things. That's the best way to put it. Some amazing things. 31 marathons in 31 days, Adrian. That's so cool. I, I can't even do one marathon in one city. So mm -hmm. I love that right there by Rob Jones. Uh, what an incredible story. I can't wait to hear this. This is inspirational type of story. And the fact that he's coming to El Paso, even better. Loaded show today. Loaded show. I can't wait to talk to Jaffe either because we're going to get to the uh, so many good conversations with Jay. So many good conversations with Jay. What do you think about the whole uh, MVP debate right now? It's tough. I mean, here's the thing, okay? And this is why it's so difficult. Um what Aaron Judge is doing is truly historic. Like, 
He's 20 home runs ahead of the nearest home run, uh, you know, of the nearest ball player uh, in terms of home run totals. I mean, he's got 57. Then I think uh, it's Schwarber with 37. And it's like a, that's a huge, huge discrepancy. In fact, considering the Yankees have nobody that can hit on that team, it's amazing what Aaron Judge has done this year. But can we please slow the roll on the Babe Ruth 27 Yankees comp? That's my attitude. I mean, like, this is one of the great seasons, okay, um, that we've seen in a long time. And it, there's no doubt it's going to go down as that. I mean, and what's really interesting to me, what's fascinating to me, what is totally fascinating is that they're talking about Aaron Judge. Like, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds never existed. Because they're talking about going after Ruth, going after Maris. Like, it's almost as if it's 2000, it's a 1997, and McGuire and Sosa haven't broken the record yet, and they never will, and Bonds never will, uh, which he did, by the way, in 2001. So it's like we've just erased it, and now we're talking about Judge as if, you know, some years of baseball never even happened. That, to me, is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I find very interesting, well, first off, uh, Aaron Judge knocking over uh, home run 56 and 57 yesterday in a rivalry game against the Red Sox. That was pretty impressive in itself. But I'm with you, Steve. You you omit some of the greatest sluggers in the game by, uh, you know, not characterizing guys like Mark McGuire or Sosa and Bonds into this mix as well, which I think is is definitely a problem. And then on the other side with Otani, you had guys like CeCe Sabathia go on M- MLB tonight and say that uh, he's one of the greatest players that he's ever seen talking about Shohei Otani mm. and that's the reason why even though Judge has had a better year that uh, Otani and all the things that he brings to the table they should just kind of award him that MVP I don't really like that I think it's all about the season I think you can um, you know you could say that Otani is slowly becoming one of the faces of uh, Major League Baseball but give the MVP to somebody who has uh, really had a, a historic season like Aaron Judge I mean this is uh, amazing what he's been able to do. I, I think you would kind of give uh, Otani the award by kind of just saying, hey, you know, he's he's spectacular in what he does, but he's not maybe a top five hitter or a top five pitcher when it's all said and done. Well, he's been, listen, uh, Otani, you have to realize, though, what he's done has been nothing short of a phenomenal. I mean, he's now batting average wise, I get it. he's hitting 265. He's not hitting 365, he's hitting 265. But he's got 88 RBIs. Um, he's slugging right now 534. Um, and as far as pitching goes, listen, he's won 12 games. He's got 188 strikeouts, and he's got a 2.55 ERA. Uh, those are those are great numbers. And 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 understand this, okay? We've never seen what Shohei Otani is doing. And what I mean by that is, when Ruth went to the Yankees, he stopped pitching. And he just became the greatest home run hitter in the history of the game forever, right? Um, and he stopped pitching. Now, I don't know what Babe Ruth could have done had he stayed as a pitcher and a hitter all those years with the Yankees. We'll never know. But Shohei Otani is doing that. And he might not be the best hitter in the game or the best pitcher in the game, but you could say he's top three to top five right now. 
in each. He's he's really good. Now, again, hitting-wise, I think he trails uh, from a pitching standpoint. He's more dominant on the mound than he is at the plate. All right? But 265 batting average. Um, you look at the the numbers as a hitter. He's batting right now. I think he's got um, – See if I'm right on this. Does he have 14 home runs this year so far? Um, and I might be wrong on that. Let me see. No, I think I am wrong on that. I think I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his pitching stats. Let me see his batting stats. He's got um, 34 home runs, 88 RBIs. I mean, that's really good. You have to understand, Schwarber is second behind Judge with 37. So Otani has 34 home runs, and he's he's gonna he probably he could break 100 RBIs. He's got 11 stolen bases. I mean, he's been he's been really good. He's got a wins above replacement of 3.3 as a batter this year. And as far as his wins above replacement as a pitcher, uh, let me see if I can get those numbers for you too. I, I got 1.06. Okay. Okay. Um, but no, he's been he's been good. No, actually is sorry, his wins above replacement as a pitcher is 4.8. Wow, that's huge. So that's huge right there. you take 4.8 and you add it to 3.3, that's an 8.1 wins above replacement. That's uh, that's that's crazy, eight wins. That's a lot of wins. Yeah, it really is. And with Shohei Otani, it's, he's the unicorn, right, of Major League Baseball. And I know we hit, we kind of roll our eyes when we hear that, but he really is. He He's that kind of guy who hits, he pitches, and he does it at a very high level on both ends. Do you think this can just go to the wire? Like, we're, t- we're going to have to yeah. drag this all the way to October to really understand, or the end of the season to really understand when this will uh, be decided as far as who's the AL MVP? Now, by the way, just to let you know, Aaron Judge has a nine war this year. Wow. Nine. Wow. There so you realistically, you could you could combine the numbers that Shohei has done and still combine them. Aaron Judge has a larger wins above replacement. I mean, Aaron Judge is batting 310, 57 home runs, 123 RBIs. He truly has. He's having an amazing year. An amazing year. I mean, I'm not ready to go Ruth Gehrig amazing. But this is one of the best seasons we've seen in a long time because baseball, you know, came out of that steroid era years ago, and we've never really seen numbers approach to what uh, Aaron Judge is doing this year. Yeah, with Aaron Judge, he's also chasing that triple crown, and if he gets that, if if that's uh, his by the end of September, then maybe this is a foregone conclusion that this will go Aaron Judge's way. But on the other end, if Otani has a lights-out finish to the month of September, and we're still talking about his greatness all the way through October, then yeah, he he might get the nod at that MVP. I just love how this is a race, and it's so close right now. Uh, In the middle of July, lie if you asked us this question it was no doubt Aaron Judge Mm -hmm. and now how everything has swung um, just kind of in between between uh, both guys in Judge and Otani. No you're right and 9.0 as a war as a wins above replacement is amazing but but Mike Trout has had wars over 10 three times in his career okay he had it as a I believe in 2012 he was a 21-year-old who had an amazing season that year when he hit 30 home runs and stole 49 bases. Did it again five years later, and then he did it again in 2018. So he has actually had two seasons with a wins-above-replacement over 10. So just understand, as great as Judge has been, 
Trout had some of the most incredible seasons we've seen in baseball. Yeah, it just puts everything into perspective. I mean, hey, the home run streak as well with Mike Trout and what he was able to do with that. Uh, you know, you know, he is just a, a very special player in itself, and uh, it just kind of puts everything into perspective. That's why Mike Trout is always regarded as among the greatest players in this generation to play uh, the sport of baseball, despite you know his team's uh, unsuccessful finish to each season. 35 home runs, and he's only played in 102 games this year. Wow, that's that's amazing yeah, right there. It really is. All right, uh, so Jay's going to join us in just a moment as we continue on Sports Talk. But first, Adrian has our physical athletics fitness tip of the day for us. Before we go to Charlie One, what's our tip of the day, Adrian? Thanks so much, Steve, and thanks to physical athletics, the best place to start your fitness journey. I was out there at 5 in the morning, no joke, 5 in the morning, getting ex- uh, excited, getting through my fitness journey on my side. Here's a new tip of today's uh, edition. Did you know that you don't necessarily need to be sore after every workout? Soreness is an indicator of many things, but it's not necessarily the quality of your workout. With physical athletics, you get three big things. You get access to a trainer and analytics to help members progress and manage your load throughout the workout. You get a recovery program to help get right before a game or just feeling great after a hard workout. And then also with physical athletics, you get access to a free screening from a physical therapist if you have any kind of pain or issues that you've been experiencing. They're now accepting new clients. They've got athletes uh, eight years old all the way up to the professional level and they've got adults from 20 years old all the way up to 80 year old year olds of age for beginners and intermediate levels it's never too late to start your fitness journey started with physical athletics they've got two locations at joe battle and east lake you can get a one week trial for free just mention sports talk and see what they're about you can call or text 915-996-4476 here on Sports Talk, what a great day. Every day is a good day for Jay Jaffe on the show. Let's be honest. There is never a bad day for Jay Jaffe. But today is one of those great days because uh, you've got all the talk right now with Pujols approaching 700, uh, the great Otani-Judge debate for MVP, Judge having the historic season, and uh, so many other topics to get to. So let's welcome him back to the show Jay, happy Wednesday. Good to hear from you. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Good. Let's talk about some of the uh, stories that you've been writing, and then we'll get into some of the stories I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, You put up one just earlier this afternoon. Juan Soto isn't having a Juan Soto year. And first off, thank you for writing about this. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks, and I'm happy we got to a point where you decided to tackle this uh, for Fangraphs.com. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you texted and uh, uh, the other day, and I, I started looking into it. He, you know, he had he had not been putting up his typical numbers before he was traded, but he still uh, was hitting very well for the first few weeks that he was a Padre, uh, OPS in the 900 range. But he's he's in a three for 42 slump right now. All three of those are singles. Uh, the walks have pushed his on base percentage in that stretch uh, up up above 300, but still. Uh, that's not a very it's not a very productive line overall when you're hitting 120 over over a uh, 15 game span. This is actually one of the worst slumps of his career in terms of hits. Um, and I I took a look and uh, to try to see what was going on both with within this short stretch uh, and within the longer season. And uh, what I found is he's making a lot more bad contact than usual pop ups and. Uh, uh, cans of corn and and uh, balls that just don't have much chance of being hit, and whether it's mechanical 
whether it's related to injury uh, or whether Petco Park is in his head and he's gotten kind of pull happy, I don't know. Um, but there's definitely something going on there. I'm with you on that one. Um, you know, it's funny because you mentioned Hader in the article, and I thought Josh Hader has been a total bust. But his last couple of appearances, um, including last night where he struck out the side, it looks like he might have been able to figure out what's been bothering him. I know the Padres pitching coach has been, um, at, you know, just uh, really um, saying we got to get him back as closer. We cannot keep Josh Hader away from pitching. So maybe they've been able to fix him. Now the only question is, can Soto right the ship in time for the playoffs if they make the playoffs? Yeah, the, uh, the interesting thing, first of all, Hader, I think it's uh, four out of his last five outings have been scoreless, and, and uh, uh, strikeout totals coming back here, and he's got a couple saves in there. So clearly he's regaining some of Bob Melvin's trust. You, you know, Soto, even with this terrible slump, uh, has put up a, a 113 uh, WRC plus uh, since since the trade. Um, you know he's sorry 117. He's still been 17 percent uh, better than the average hitter and about 40 percent better than the average Padre right fielder before the trade. So he's still been pretty solid. Josh Bell and Brandon Drury, both of whom got off to uh, kind of mixed starts. Drury was hot, Bell was cold. They're at 88. They're, they're, they've been bigger drags on the offense than Soto has. Now, the last couple of weeks, obviously, that's that's a little bit different. But, um, you know, when we look back at uh, what the Padres did at the deadline, the Soto one has been, still ranks among their more successful moves. In the long run, it's probably yep. still going to wind up as as, uh, uh, as, their, as the best of those moves. And by the way, WRC Plus means weighted runs created plus, which is a stat that essentially you know accounts for ballpark it's adjusted and 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 you know if you think about it Jay 100 an R, a WRC plus of 100 is about league average 150 would be 50% above league average so you know yeah, if he's got a that's one, that's, where, that's where one Soto generally is is at 150 160 mm-hmm. um, or so and and he's not there he was but uh, he was pretty close before the trade and and obviously he's dipped all right now the day before you wrote yesterday you wrote about Adley Rushman what a season he's been having by the way with the Orioles this is one of the best first year seasons a catcher has had in a long time and Jay we know that Catching is a relatively weak spot in Major League Baseball, especially when it comes to a good hitting catcher. And Rushman, you know, we've been waiting for him for years because he's been uh, touted as the total package and starting to look more and more like it. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a rookie season that's right up there with that with those of Buster Posey uh, and Joe Maurer, each of whom, admittedly, was younger uh, than 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 Rushman was, but. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, age at rookie season, which 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 is not is not an insignificant factor. But you know, Rushman did play in college, did lose a whole year to the pandemic in the minor leagues. That's a lot of lost developmental time there. Um, he got you know he he got to the majors pretty quickly after the pandemic. Um, one full season in the minors and. Uh, uh, probably would have been up to start this year had it not been for a triceps injury in, this, in spring training, um, you know, with the new service time rules uh, as they pertain to the CBA, uh, there was less incentive to hold him down. And he has just been a transformative player for the Orioles on both sides of the ball. Granted, they were getting less than nothing out of their catchers, but uh, he's been their best hitter. Uh, he has been an exceptional defender. 
Um, the staff ERA has gone down since since he's arrived, and uh, you know this team has played. I think they uh, when I looked at it yesterday, they had the fourth best record in the American League from the point that he played uh, the, from the point that he debuted uh, until yesterday, and that was a playing at a uh, 570 winning percentage over the course of 100 games. That's basically. Better than better than three of the seven playoff te- or three of the six playoff teams in the AL. Jay, you also wrote about Mike Trout earlier this week, whose uh, home run streak came to an end at seven games last night against Cleveland. Yet you look at what he's been able to do this season, despite being sidelined again this year due to injuries. And uh, you know, you could say the average uh, two seventy seven is uh, below what you normally see from Trout, but the power has been there. He's uh, the excitement levels there, and you just realize when he's healthy, Mike Trout is such a good baseball player. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, this is a season in which he had uh, the worst slump of his career and missed uh, 30 games due to a back injury that looked like it might be might be uh, career-threatening. Uh, and yet he has the second-highest slugging percentage in the, in the American League and the second-highest home run total. And again, missed 30 games. Um, you know, nobody's catching Aaron Judge in the, on the leaderboard there. Uh, but Mike Trout's still number still number two in this race. Uh, that's pretty impressive. And uh, um, this guy, yeah, I mean, he. It's great to see that he is still um, an excellent ball player, one of the best, if not the best. Uh, even though uh, he's missed all this time and lately due to injuries, um, when he plays, he's still just absolutely a sight to see. I think the saddest part about Trout, and you could say the same thing for Shohei Otani, is that they're on a club that just does not get enough wins to go to the postseason. And it's a shame that we've wasted so many great great seasons of Trout's career and now Otani's not seeing these guys play in the postseason. Yeah, it's been a drag. And hopefully uh, when the Angels are sold, um, you know, they'll get an owner who I think is uh, maybe a little bit more hands-off and a little bit better about uh, uh, hiring smart people to build the team. The, you know, the Angels have had some bad luck in there. They've had uh, uh, the death of Tyler Skaggs, a lot of pitcher injuries, um, some, you know, so, some, some major free agent blunders, um, some of which could have been prevented, but not all of which could have been prevented. Um, you know, they did get to the playoffs with Trout once, uh, They've been moving backwards ever since. That's that's been the real problem, even with even with Otani. And you know the fact that Trout has missed uh, uh, a quarter of the games over the last uh, um, you know half a dozen seasons that Otani lost pretty much an entire season um, is part is part of that. I'm with you on that one. All right, hitting the bottom of the hour with Jay Jaffe. We'll talk about some of the other really big baseball stories with Jay. We'll get his beer pick of the week. But first, let's go to Adrian in this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. with Jay Jaffe talking baseball and beer here on the show right now as Sports Talk continues. All right, Jay, uh, let's get to the Aaron Judge talk because uh, he has been amazing all season long. Nobody is close. I think it's the largest gap from the home run leader to second in, since 1928, which is an amazing statistic. Uh, and considering how bad the Yankee bats have been this year, uh, that probably is even more impressive of the kind of season that uh, Judge has had for the Yanks. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's really the second half where the Yankee offense has done a disappearing act, and Judge has not been part of that. His WRC plus has been well over 200 in the second half, uh, while the rest of the lineup uh, has pretty much disappeared, with the possible exception of Glaber Torres lately. Um, it's 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 a it's an incredible season. Fifty seven homers, two at Fenway Park last night. Um, he's closing in on Roger Maris's sixty one, which is uh, the franchise record and the American League record, and um, certainly making a, a great case uh, for a huge contract in, in free agency and as well as uh, uh, the AL MVP award. Um, it's been fascinating to watch up close, uh, seeing Judge every night. This guy just never takes in the bat off. Uh, he's locked in every day. Um, it reminds me a little bit, uh, uh, more than a little bit, of Derek Jeter in terms of just his focus and his commitment to winning and, and uh, um, work ethic. And it's just, it, it's just been something to see. It really has. And, and by the way, I'm happy you mentioned you know Jeter as far as that comparison. If he does stay with the Yankees, he's going to break the bank, isn't he? Yeah, I think we're, you know, he's, uh, uh, he rejected what was the equivalent of something like a $217 million contract uh, in the spring. He said he thought he was worth more, and I think he's made the case pretty strongly uh, that he is. And I think the Yankees will probably uh, open up the vault for him. Um, you know, there are concerns given his size and his age. He's 30 years old right now. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're definitely catching a guy who's going to be uh, um, on the downside of his career at some point here. But um, he has, he has uh, exceptional value to the Yankees that he probably doesn't have elsewhere. And mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the original uh, offer was, itself was pretty generous. And I think the, it, it meant that the Yankees understand that there's, it goes beyond just uh, – uh, wins and losses that there's there's uh, um, you know and uh, the marketing value of, of of what he brings to them and uh, uh, the PR value of what he brings to them is is something else. So uh, I, I suspect he'll stay here. I do think that uh, um, there is a possibility he goes back to the West Coast. I think if the Giants uh, were to make a play for him, and I think they're probably the only one of those West Coast teams that could uh, under their current uh, financial conditions. Um, that would be one that I would keep an eye on. So if if he's going anywhere, you could see him as a, as a potentially a, a giant. Yeah, because I don't see the Dodgers as being as 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 being players for him. They've they've uh, they've got Mookie Betts in right field. Uh, they need a shortstop here. Trey Turner is going to be on the market. I think that's probably going to be where their priority is. Um, Angels, obviously, they've got Trout. Uh, there, you know, I don't, remains to be seen whether they try to lock up Otani. Uh, long term, and that probably is going to um, uh, be decided this winter. Um, because if not, I think we could see him traded. Um, and uh, yeah, the Padres have have uh, Machado and Tatis under contract for three hundred million dollars. So I don't see them be, as being players there. Um, so yeah, logic dictates. Giants, who have a lot of money coming off the books. What about all the talk about, uh, you know, essentially comparing him to Maris and Ruth? It's almost as if they've erased uh, Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds from even memory when it comes to home run chase. Does that surprise you at all? No, because I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people um, just kind of look back at that era and the, the, the performance-enhancing drugs, and they want to kind of forget it. Um you know, Barry Bonds is the single-season home run record holder. Um, Aaron Judge is not going to catch him. 
there's certainly a lot of a lot of conversation that's uh, um, you know about the legitimacy of of of, of what happened then and, and and what judge is doing now. And I don't think we should regard judge as being you know a, the legitimate home run champion here. I don't. That's I, I I think that that's that's a mistake. But you know the American League home run. Uh, record holder would would certainly be an impressive accomplishment, in, you know, in and of itself. Um, you know, I you know, people are pretty tired of Bonds. People are pretty tired of Sosa. Um, you know, they just those guys just fell off the Hall of Fame ballot. And now they're going to be eligible for the uh, Era Committee ballots. Um, so we're not quite done with them yet. But uh, I think there's some fatigue out there, and and. Uh, Revisiting that era is not a lot of fun for a lot of people. I hear you. Uh, nonetheless, uh, what Judge is doing is amazing, and the same thing goes for Albert Pujols, who's just three away from 700. Oh, and it seems like uh, this didn't even seem like a, a possibility a few months ago, and now it's like everybody is rooting to see Albert get to 700. Yeah, even a, even a couple weeks ago when I wrote about Pujols, I thought it was a long shot that he'd get to 700. And now, I mean, he's just been peeling them off. Um, it's at the point now where I'm – you know, I'm watching Twitter to see whether whether I should tune in on his at bats uh, to see whether he, whether he he can hit a home run. Yes, last night I was checking in on Judge and Trout, who had the seven game home run streak on the line, um, and uh, uh, and Pujols. It was fun flipping back and forth and seeing what was going on, and then flipping over to the Dodger game because they had the clinching on the line and. Uh, it was a good night for for channel surfing baseball. It was. And by the way, he's got an OPS of 860 right now, which Jay is the highest OPS he's had since his last season in St. Louis. It's it's amazing what's been going on with Albert this year. Yeah, I you know, a lot of it has to do with limited usage. I mean, the mm-hmm. Cardinals have done a good job of playing him against lefties. Uh the Dodgers realized that last year as well after they picked him up off of uh um off of the scrap heap. Uh, you know, as a left-handed, you know, as a as a DH against lefties, he is just remarkable. Hitting against righties, his numbers are pretty bad. Um, he's not an everyday player anymore. Uh, but if you pick your spots, he can be a very potent weapon, and that's what the Cardinals have found out. And uh, uh, they're going to get to keep him around at least through October. Here, it looks like. Now you're right. Six home runs, 21 RBIs, but a 203 batting average against righties. Meanwhile, he's batting 359 against lefties. <laughs> So, really, yeah. uh, 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 just a, a terrific season for uh, for Pujols in that uh, in that platoon role. All right, uh, what, before we get to your beer pick of the week, uh, what are you going to be writing about for us uh, on Fangraphs? Yeah, I think I think I'm going to take a look at Kevin Gosman, um, and then I'm trying to decide uh, uh, some other topics. I'm looking at uh, Trace Thompson of the Dodgers. Uh, oh, former uh, Chihuahua, also, nice. Oh, that's right. That's right. And uh, and and Max Muncy. I'm not sure which of those which of those I'm going to write, but one of those guys, one of those Dodgers for tomorrow, and probably Gosman for Friday because uh, Gosman's starting tonight. All right. Promise me if you if you if you do write about Thompson, at least get a get a sentence in about uh, how he spent part of this year with the Chihuahuas. Fair. I will I will mention that because he's been all over the place this year. Yes, he has. That's uh, racking up frequent travel miles, no doubt about it. All right, Jay, wash it down. Beer pick of the week. What would you like to talk about? Okay, this is an interesting one. I'm not very familiar with the style, but uh, when I saw the label at the, on the shelf, I had to, I had to leap. This is the uh, a Bitburger congra- con- collaboration with Deschutes. Bitburger is a German brewery, Deschutes, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, a brewery that I, you know, anytime I get my hands on their beer, I'm in, I'm in heaven. Um, this is a dry hopped Zwickel 
I guess it's called. Um, it is a, a, an unfiltered lager. Um, comes in, uh, let's see, what's the, what's the ABV? I don't even know what they 4.9% ABV. So it's an easy drinking lager. Uh, I saw this at the grocery store yesterday. had to pick it up. It was really, really a very pleasant, drinkable beer. It's got... Um, Bitburger has a proprietary hop blend from the from the uh, uh, the German forest that they're in, uh, and uh, Schutz brought uh, Citra and Mosaic hops to the equation, and uh, uh, really a, n- a nice, uh, very drinkable uh, fall beer. I also like the fact that you drank something called a Zwickel. That's probably the uh, the first time you've had one of those, and um, whenever you're getting uh, Deschutes in the mix, you know you're going to have a good beer. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. All right, Jay. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again right back here next Wednesday. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Thanks. Jay Jaffe, folks. 20 in front of 5 o'clock here on Sports Talk. We're less than two hours away from Tim Haggerty and Chihuahua's baseball. Excited about that. Our phone number, 505-6009. Bernie will leave us 20 minutes away as Sports Talk continues. It's 600 ESPN El Paso. Sports Talk. If you are looking... To buy or sell your home, you have so many choices you can make. One choice you need to make is who to um, list your home with and who you should trust. Trust is a big reason why I recommend Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. So many reasons why I trust Brian, but the first thing I'll tell you is he always gets the job done. That's the most important thing. And time after time, people recommend Brian Birds. Robert did it as well. Here's what Robert had to say. Quote, I can't see why people selling their home would use any other company. They did a great job selling the house and sold it for more than the asking price. Robert even noted that many owners of a company would always be available for questions or reassurance, but Brian always was. So, you know, he said it. I highly recommend Brian Birds. He loved the availability. And when you're achieving top dollar for your home, you need that agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home and driving up the price. That's what Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team, powered by EXP Realty, will do for you. In fact, they are the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, the Chihuahuas, and the Rhinos. He's the agent I would call if I need to sell my home, Brian Birds. Hey, El Paso, have you heard? To sell your home, get Call Brian Birds. Go to BrianBirds.com. You're, you're bringing some money home. That's what matters, John. Appreciate yep, the call. That's true. That's true, Steve. Uh, quick things real quick. First, Cowboys... Uh, of course, I was working, so I did not even watch the game. Um, but they're done. They're done. Um, to me, Steve, um, Jerry and Kellen Moore are setting Dak up to fail. That, that's the way I've seen this the entire time. Um, I just can't. I just can't get past Kellen Moore's play calling, Steve. It's atrocious. It's it's like he's trying to do that damn Statue of Liberty he did at Boise State every play and thinking it's going to work. Well, listen, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it's one game, right? One game. So Yes, it, it, it is one game, and it got him injured again. Mm-hmm. Because yes. there is no line. Do you, have any, do you have any there, faith there, in there, Cooper there, Rush there, whatsoever? No any faith in Cooper Rush? No. No faith whatsoever? I, no, I, I have no faith in Cooper Rush at all. Got it. 
um, I'd, I'd rather probably rather see Will Greer than Cooper Rush. No, I but. I hear you. Uh, uh, by the way, let's just say that uh, Dak misses four more games, so five games. What's the Cowboys' record after those five games? Thinking maybe one and four. Oof. Okay. Can't I'm give thinking him. one and four, given oh, what well, I mean, you got to beat the Bagwars, right? I don't know. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, <laughs> to me, that's the only winnable. I mean, look at it this way: the, the Commanders, the Commanders are decent with Carson Wentz. The Eagles were able to win, and the Giants beat Tennessee. Probably the biggest surprise of the three games. Yeah, it is. I mean, I get you, Steve. It's one game, but for yep. me, I'm looking at this as the bigger picture. Yeah, you uh, pretty bigger, much are going the, the, gloom and doom the, for the Cowboys. The, yes, the the bigger picture is they need to block for Dak. That's th- just the way I see it. I thought you were going to say the bigger picture is they need to get rid of McCarthy, and this could be the way to expedite well, that. I, I'd get rid of Kellen Moore before I got rid of McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Really? Why? His play calling sucks. Okay. Let's be real. Let's be real about it. I, I blame Kellen more than I do Mike McCarthy. Um, the other thing real quick, Steve, um, baseball MVP. Um, what Judge is doing is amazing. Okay, to me, if he hits sixty-one or no sixty-two, he's to me the American League home run king and passes Roger Maris. Okay, well, I mean, technically that's correct as far as AL goes. So yeah, yeah. because the others were all in the National League, I can understand that. Yes. Okay. Okay. But but Steve. Something is telling me that Otani deserves MVP. Nothing slighting what Judge is doing. Okay, nothing at all. But Steve, well, we have not seen what Otani has done in what a hundred. None of us were even ever, alive ever because when ever, Babe did it, he ever. wasn't hitting. When Babe was dominating on the mound, he first off, he wasn't the best pitcher in the game, number one. Number two, he wasn't hitting, you know, 50 bombs or 30 bombs or 40 bombs. Yeah. I mean, when he went to the Yankees, he switched and stopped pitching. Now, here's a question I'm going to say, okay? And this is something to think about. Mm-hmm. What if, what if Otani does this every season? What if this becomes the norm, John, for Shohei Otani? Steve, I, I would I would love to see it. I really would, especially the way baseball is going towards the bullpen. What was it? Uh, was it last week? I think or something. Somebody had a no hitter. I think for the Twins, and they yanked him. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, it might in, have been like, Joe in, Ryan, in, like, the rookie the seventh, pitcher. Yeah, in, yeah. In the seventh inning, I think mm-hmm. last week or something. Mm-hmm. It's happened quite a bit. I mean, Kershaw. It happened to Kershaw earlier this year. Yes, it did. I mean, they're just. To well, me, they're trying to ruin the starting pitcher. I know they're trying to save him, but to me, they're ruining the starting pitcher. I agree. Matter of fact, it's going to get to a point where 200 wins is going to be an automatic Hall of Fame because you don't see yeah. pitchers going deep into games anymore. You're lucky mm-hmm. if you get them more than five, six innings. It, Exactly, and to me also that would be the strong, valid argument for Otani. It's like, well, what's, I think I saw the uh, same thing last week. Um, his ERA was like 2-5-something, and I'm like, damn, 
I'm like, for a guy who plays almost every day, who hits, and he's pitching at least that I know of on every five days regular rotation, for him to do all this and have a sub three ERA in the American League. Incredible. I'm with you on that one. That on 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 the on a team that yep. sucks. Yep. Let's be real. Let's be you. real. John, I got to run, pal. Out of time this hour. By the way, thank you, Caesar Esparza, that Boise State quarterback. I believe Jared Zabransky is correct. I think that is the quarterback that ran that Statue of Liberty play. Nicely done. Not Kellen Moore there, but no, hey, close. He, he was still a good quarterback. He was on the cover yeah. of the NCAA video game. That's, that's, that says a lot, doesn't it? Okay. Hour number two, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch, coming up next as we continue. Here we go, start of hour number two. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch is now on with us. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Bernie Olivas, Executive Director, Sumball Association, with us each and every Wednesday at this time. In fact, there'll be a, a celebrity guest picking games in just a little bit in our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Challenge. Uh, before we get to that, though, Bernie, welcome back. Good to see you. And... Um, a lot to talk about, right? We got a lot. Oh, absolutely! Going on. It's, it's good to be Busy back. And I think uh, this last weekend was another great week for our two conferences that we're tied into. I think ACC had a big day, and and so did uh, so did the Pac-12. Not a lot of surprises. Only on my selection, with the only surprises was how badly I did mm. on picking this last week. You picked as bad as I did, Bernie. Congratulations! <laughs> we were both four out of ten. That's pretty bad. Um, Adrian was six out of ten. Which means that after two weeks, Adrian and I each have 10 wins out of 20 games. You have eight wins out of 20 games. Just, just try to build up your confidence, guys. I'll is that what back. it is? Yeah. All right. I'll so come back wondering. in the last two minutes of the game and, and, uh, and catch up. For your sake, I hope that's the case. Um, let's just talk about, uh, by the way, how did, um, uh, just out of curiosity, how did Jim Center pick this past week? Three. <laughs> really? <laughs> Three at, so Jim Center shouldn't quit his day job is what you're telling me. He had three correct picks. I was shocked. Wow. Okay. But uh, they seemed good at the time, right? I can't see how everybody else is getting. Two people got nine. And everybody, you know, I nine, know. eights, or lots of eights, sevens. And, you know, we were pretty far down the list. But the good news is we've got a celebrity picker this week who we'll introduce in a few. Who this could be the one week when he outpicks the whole field. You realize that, right? There is a chance. That nobody this week will be able to outpick our celebrity in the uh, in the contest. That's what I'm thinking. I've got that's, that's exactly what I've been thinking when we when we picked Lane Frank to be our celebrity guest picker. And we'll tell you a bit about Lane when we start picking. But uh, well, Lane's been on the show before. Oh, he. Has. Oh, we well, know Lane. Good. We do. In fact, Lane made a disappearance on Sports Talk um, probably about uh, six weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. And he gave a parting shot on his way out. Adrian's looking for it. He's going to find it. I know I'll he find is. It. I know he is. Let me know when you find it. But it was the greatest. I consider this last part from Lane the greatest single clip in the history of this radio show because no one has ever come on as a guest and made a statement as bold. As he did on, on this particular show, I want to hear this. And, oh, you you will hear this. You will hear this clip because to me, this clip uh, speaks volumes about Lane's confidence as a uh, as someone that uh, you know knows college football, knows the game, 
And, uh, you know, he's he's ready to showcase it in just a little bit when he comes and joins us on our segment. It's going to be awesome. Well, Lane is embarrassing when I speak to him. He, when I speak to him, because he, he, I thought I knew a lot about football. I know nothing compared to what Lane, what Lane knows about college football. And I'm uh, looking forward to see what his picks are compared to what I've picked, and uh, we'll go from there. I got, a, I got a prediction to make. In about, I don't know, four or five years when he's in college, comes back home for the summer, assuming he comes back home for the summer, he'll be hosting this show with Adrian. I'll be long gone by then, and Adrian and, and, and Lane will be taking over the airwaves uh, while he's home for, uh, for summer school. That's what I think is going to end up Maybe happening. while he's in school, but I, I think yeah. in a few years after that, I, I think he'll be on the big stage. Oh, yeah, he won't. Uh, that, 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 we'll, be, we'll be syndicating him. It'll be perfect. So that uh, will be something we will talk about on the show in just a little bit. Um, in the meantime, last week, Bernie, uh, upsets that were significant, okay, I thought the uh, the big one really was Washington State beating Wisconsin 17-14 on the road. That now means Washington State is 2 and 0 on the season. Wisconsin falls to 1 and 1. That was a surprise because nobody expected uh you know uh, what has always been a, a good pretty good Wisconsin team to lose on their home field to uh, a team like the And Cougars. that's right. That was up in Madison. Yes, it was. You know all of us, all five of us that were picking picked Wisconsin. And, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little shade to uh, Jay Pritchard, our uh, marketing director, because he went to Washington State and even he picked Wisconsin to win, and uh, that was that was the biggest upset of the weekend as far as we were concerned. Oh yeah, you, you know with the Sun Bowl, but you know the rest of the games went pretty well. A little surprised when a couple of them, but uh, like I said, the ACC had a pretty good had a pretty good week. Uh, the Pac-12 had another you know not as good a week, but you know overall the ACC right now is 22 and seven. In uh, in their games and uh, the Pac-12 is 17 and seven. That is, uh, you know, and of course that's good for us. That means well, when when the time comes, if they continue to win their non-conference games, by the time they get here, they might be eight and four. It's possible. So so it's good for the Pac and good for the ACC and good for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. How does Notre Dame lose at home to Marshall, Bernie? How'd that happen? Oh, there's the other big upset there. Uh, as a matter of fact, the episode was so big that somebody's already predicting Notre Dame to be here uh, at the Tony Tiger Summer versus Oregon State. And that was, I think, the sporting news or somebody's already predicted that. That'd be a fun game. Oh, it would be a great game. I think it'd be a great game. So, uh, but of course, there's a lot of football still to be played. And, there uh, is. And, but it's fun. It's fun to look at these games. Uh, you know, I'm stuck. I, I stayed up to watch the end of that Baylor BYU game that mm. seemed that nobody wanted to win. Yeah, that's true. That was another uh, big one over the yeah. weekend for sure. Um, ten- big Ten over the ACC and lost. Ah, oh, well, I mean, listen. Good for Duke. We had four wins. It was. It was. This was a tough weekend for us. It really yes, was. It was. And uh, again, for Adrian, he gets bragging rights. That's for sure. After what happened, so you know, we're going to pick our games uh, coming up in the second segment of uh, our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. So. Don't worry, we're going to bring Lane on here, and he's going to go through all the games with us, see how he picks, and hopefully he does better than three out of ten. I'll tell you something, if Lane, if Lane Frank only picks three wins like Jim Center did last week, he will never, uh, ever be allowed back on Sports Talk. <laughs> that will be the beginning of the end for him. So I expect at least a minimum of seven out of ten as much as possibly eight or nine out of ten. I think he'll, I think he'll go past seven. I, I do. I, be, I do too. I think he'll be at a nine or a ten. He'll be. A, he won't even want to come back if he gets less than seven. You know that. He's he's very hard on him. He's, he's gonna, very tough on himself. He's going to go hide. 
Yeah, I if think he does so that, too. But I don't think that'll happen. Probably go into another field and, and, and ditch the podcast. But, uh, Adrian, I mean, we'll see what happens. What do you think? Well, I'm going to tell you this, Steve. Uh, I've kept up with Schoolyard Sports with Lane Frank, uh, the podcast, and I realized that in week one, he went 11-1 and with his college football picks. So, there you go. I have confidence in Lane. Did he pick these games? Um, that's a good question. He did not. So let's uh, let's see what he could do with these. I mean, you give him twelve layups, and yeah, you're going to make eleven out of twelve. Uh, these are tough games because the ACC and the Pac-12 are totally unpredictable, and from week to week, you never know who's going to win in these conferences. That's that's definitely right. Hey, it's uh, also some interesting conferences that I mean games that we end up picking. It's not like your traditional marquee games. It's the games that you have to dig up and and actually find out you know what these teams are made of. So yeah, I'm with you. That's exactly. I mean, he might have picked Clemson over Furman last week in his picks. I don't know what he what he did. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what he's got up his sleeve coming up in our second segment when we bring him on uh, and as our celebrity guest picker. That'll you know, be uh, and, that'll be a lot of fun. And obviously, the games that uh, that. Uh, Eddie Morelos and Jay Pritchard and I pick are, are mainly ACC and Pac-12. You know, we don't pick some of the marquee games or maybe national games, but we want to stick with our conferences because that's what's coming to, our, to the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl. So, uh, so uh, we don't pick all the games, but we, we pretty much stick to, the, uh, to our conferences. There you go. And even some of those seem like, like no-brainers, but uh, a lot of upsets. Always a lot of upsets. By the way, if you were just wondering, uh, undefeated teams through the first uh, few weeks of the season in the ACC, the following teams are still uh, they're perfect at 2-0. and Wake Forest, North Carolina State, they're in the top 25. Florida State, Syracuse, and Clemson to go along with North Carolina, who's 3-0. and Duke, 2-0. and Miami, 2-0. and Who impresses you the most so far after the uh, first few weeks in the ACC? Based on, you know... Duke is the one that impresses me the most because they weren't supposed to do anything. They were picked at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the of the rankings at the bottom of the ACC, and they've come up with some, two pretty good wins. And uh, you know they struggled. They've struggled there for the last couple of years. You know they lost their head coach, who was a really good friend of mine, and David Cutcliffe. And uh, coach has done a really good job now. And that, to me, that that's the most impressive. Uh, all the other teams that are winning, I thought they were going to be really good. Uh, maybe Syracuse is the other one that, that surprises me, but we all knew that North Carolina and, of course, Clemson, all those Florida State, NC State, Miami, we knew they were going to be really good. But True. it's those other ones that, I, that are, that are impressing, impressing me so far. All right, Pac-12, here are your undefeated teams so far. Nobody's 3-0, and but they're a bunch of 2-0 and teams. Uh, the only team in the top 25 right now that's 2-0 and is USC. Believe it or not, Oregon and Utah are both ranked at 1-1. One and one. You've got Cal, Oregon State, UCLA, Washington, and Washington State all 2-0. and uh, You probably put the Cougars at the top of that list right after their win at Wisconsin. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, very impressive. And like I said, uh, it's just uh, I love college football because you just don't know what's That's going true. to happen. And a lot of things have, have caused that. I think NIL has caused a lot of that, and the transfer portal has caused even more. Uh, players, really good players, who are not satisfied at their at their location, are moving on to other teams and making a lot of, a lot of other teams better. Uh, so, yeah, Washington State is definitely the, the my most impressive team on Pac-12 so far. Before we come back with our Chick Fil A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum contest, what about a little trivia right now? Give somebody a chance to go win a pair of tickets to the game on December thirtieth. First person through with the correct answer at five zero five six zero zero nine is a winner. I would love to give away a couple of tickets to, to the to the game, uh, and this little question, you know, hey Jake, 
Pritchard came up with this, and it's it's kind of funny and, be the, the, and not funny, but the reason this came up is because again we've said that they've somebody already predicted Notre Dame to be at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So, so for two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, little Notre Dame question. Former Notre Dame coach Arif Parsegian has a special relationship with the Sun Bowl. But which of these did not happen? He was a commentator for the game. He was injured in the stadium. He played in the game. His father played in it. That's a good question. Which one is false of those four? So it's a multiple choice question, but you got to pick the one that's wrong. That's correct. For Ara Parsegian. Um, again, let's go through those four one okay. more time. Was he a commentator for the game? Was he injured in the stadium? Did he play in the game? Or did his father play in the game? Pick the statement that did not happen. First person through at 505-6009 wins the tickets. All right. Well done. When we come back, the moment you've been waiting for, the Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest for Week 3 with our celebrity pick, Lane Frank. He looks real serious. He's not even smiling. He's just all business today. We'll talk to Lane in a moment right after Charlie Wan, who has this traffic update. 21 past the hour as we continue here on the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Back with Bernie Olivas. It is that time. Time for our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum Contest. And every week we bring a new celebrity picker on board. And we've had Tony the Tiger himself, uh, who was brutal. Jim Center, who was worse. And now we're going to find out if, in fact, we get to pick up the, the, the quality of, of picks here, uh, Bernie, because we've got a, a guest with us in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Probably knows more football than all of us combined, at least college football for sure. It, uh, it's going to be fun. I'd like to see how he's going to pick versus what my picks are because I definitely need some help, but I don't know how he's going to pick. I've already made my selections, and I'd like to introduce Mr. Lane Frank, a 14-year-old student at Coronado High School. Yep. Uh, he's, making his, he's making his return appearance, by the way, to Sports yes. Talk. He realized that, that already, um, I'll just like to say this, he is the wonder, uh, you know, he is, he's the wonder boy because he is. He's just, he's, he came in, he, he took the show over. Sadly, we were, uh, we were in a, uh, we, we lost power that day. So like three quarters of the segment with Lane, you had to listen to it on the app because we were off the air that day, but we were on the app. So we, we told him he'd come back and, you know, you brought him back. I like this. Bernie. Absolutely. He has his own podcast called School for Schoolyard Sports. And I've listened to some of his interviews, some of the people that he's interviewed and he's interviewed people like Jerry Rice, Kevin Garnett, Bill Walton, Ray Lewis, the list goes on of the people that uh, Lane has had on his show. So uh, looking forward to see uh, how we do against Lane as well. He's got a better guest list than we have, Adrian. we got to start picking up the slack on this program. KG, I love it. And Jerry Rice, one of the greatest of all time. That's awesome. There Absolutely. You go. Right. Daniel Tomlinson, he's, he's had, yeah. he has a list of interviews that are incredible. I've listened to all of them. He does a tremendous job. So we'll see. Welcome back, Lane. How are you? I'm good. Well, I appreciate that uh, intro. Yeah, interviewed so many amazing people, but excited to get some picks through today. I am too. And and let's just start out by you know just let's just throw it out there. Will any of us, meaning Adrian, uh, Bernie, or yours truly, be able to outpick you this week? I'm gonna say it right here, no, because I'm gonna get every single pick right. I went 11 to one in week one. I went six to one in week two. Who'd you lose to? Week one, it was USF. 
I picked them over BYU, but I got Florida over Utah right, and I got Florida State over LSU right. Okay, who'd you lose to the second week? Second week, it was Fresno State over Oregon State. That was a tough one. I picked Fresno, too. Yep. So I'm with you on that one. Another big game this week against USC. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so here's the key. Then. Let me, I don't know if you know how this works, right? So we all pick games, all four of us. Okay. And, you know, Bernie and Adrian and, and myself, we, we've got a little contest going on. Whoever loses has to buy lunch for the other two at the end of the season, um, which we're excited about. But you're different because whoever outpicks you, like the winner of this contest who outpicks you, is going to win a bonus prize from Chick-fil-A. So if you're already telling everybody that they have no chance, to me, this makes it a little more exciting, Adrian. I like it. we got a little juice on this game. And I hope the people at Chick-fil-A are listening because if you outpick the whole field, then you're clearly, you have to quit school. You need to go start your own, like, national uh, weekly uh, pick show. And, a betting show. And, and, a betting show. Well, I'm sure you could do this against the spread. Where, yeah. You know, I mean, tech, how old do you have to be to legally bet? 21. All right, so you you got a few years 18, there. Maybe. You need yeah. to be, you need to have like a ghost uh, better to play, place <laughs> the bets for you cuz you're too young to bet, but legally anyway. But you could I mean, be any age uh, betting overseas. Isn't it wouldn't it be great though if you've got a 14-year-old giving betting tips and like 80% of the time you get them right? He's How great would that up. be? He's going up against Lee Sterling for Paramount yeah. Sports and just nailing it. Lee every, will hire every him. Week. Yeah, there you go. You know, like Lee, this. listen, so we bring Lee on every Thursday. He'll fly you to Miami and put you up, and next thing you know, you'll be working for him at ParamountSports.com. Uh, so it wouldn't be a bad little gig. You'd be on South Beach, maybe give you a nice little apartment on the beach. Would be, that'd be pretty good, right? Of course. No, not bad at all. All right. I, I agree with you. Could you be, ever be a Miami Hurricane fan? Okay. I don't have anything against Miami, but I don't think I could ever root for a Miami in a game, unless it was well, just against like Ohio State or Michigan State. Eh, that could be a deal-breaker for Lee, but it's okay. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> let's just get through these picks and see how we do. Uh, Bernie, are we ready? And by the way, congratulations to our trivia winner. I need to mention this. Tony Lamas knew the uh, the question involving Era Parsegian, Bernie. That's, hey, congratulations, Tony. Great name, too, in El Paso as well. The question was, Former Notre Dame coach Ara Parsegian has a special relationship with the Sumble. Which of these did not happen? Was he a commentator for the game? Was he injured in the stadium? Did he play in the game? Or did his father play in the game? And the answer was his father did not play in the game, but Ara Parsegian played for Miami of Ohio in 1948. He got hurt in the game. And later on, he came back as a commentator, you know, as, as, a, as a color commentator for CBS. So Nicely the correct done. question was his father did not play in the game. Well, Tony wins a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl for getting our trivia question right. And uh, whoever wins the Chick-fil-A weekly Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum contest will also win uh, a pair of tickets and also with a great prize from uh, our sponsors, Chick-fil-A. All right, here we go. First game, and by, by the way, this is easy. All, straight up winners, Lane. No spreads. Okay, no spreads. I might give the point spreads just when we talk about the games, yeah. but we just need straight up winners. Okay. So here we go. First game is an ACC showdown. Florida State visiting Louisville. It's Friday night. It's going to happen at uh, 530. It's going to be on ESPN. Now, Florida State, two and a half point favorites on the road. They are perfect at 2-0. and oh. Louisville checks in at 1-1. One and one. The game will be played at Cardinal Stadium. So, uh, again, we're just going straight up winners. Lane, let me start with you. Who will come out on top between this ACC showdown? Well, Florida State had their bye week last week, and they're playing off Friday, so more rest than Louisville gets. They're bringing out all the stops. They're going with alternate uniforms. It's going to be an interesting game. 
But Jordan Travis is an experienced quarterback. This is an experienced team. I picked them to be LSU Week One. I picked them to be Florida State Week Three. All right, so I took Louisville. So you're taking Louisville in this one? No, Florida oh, State. Florida, Florida State. State. Okay. All right. All right. I just uh, want to make sure I got this right. All right. So Florida State. So far from from Lane. By the way, and I could make it really easy. I could just pick all the same games Lane is because you know I want to win. I, I so want to. We, we can't let him I, pick first. I want to win, but you know there might be a couple of games I disagree with Lane on. We'll see. So I'm going to go Florida State though, like Lane. I agree with him. I, I I've seen enough from this team, the Seminoles early that they look legit this year. They're turning things around. I'm believing in them, so I'm buying Florida State over Louisville. Bernie, what about you? I like Court Norvell. I thought Louisville was going to be really good this year. Uh, but this year, but this week, I am taking Florida State over Louisville. All right, three uh, going Florida State. Adrian. Yeah, we'll go four for four. I'm going uh, Florida State in this one. Syracuse was all over Louisville in week one, so uh, I'm holding on to that one right there. We are unanimous in Florida State over Louisville, which takes us to game number two. Purdue visiting Syracuse. Purdue, one and one. Aiden O'Connell, one of the better quarterbacks in college football. He's already thrown for uh, five touchdowns so far this season. Syracuse, 2-0. and They got a terrific running back in Tucker, who's got a couple hundred yards on the ground. The Cuse at home, one-point favorite. But we're just going uh, straight-up winners. Bernie, let me start with you this time. Syracuse surprised the heck out of me when they beat Louisville. Then they beat UConn pretty handily. Purdue lost to a good Penn State team and beat Indiana State, but I am going with the ACC team, and I am going with Syracuse over Purdue. All right. Um, I am going to disagree with you and go Purdue, and I can't see Purdue being one and two. Uh, There are just certain teams in college football that I I don't think will happen. Syracuse has been a pleasant surprise so far this year. I like what they've done. I just think that Purdue gets them this time around on the road. It's going to be a close game. Purdue gets the win, and both teams are 2-1 and one when it's all said and done. Uh, what about you, Adrian? I'm going to go with the Qs in this one. I think for Syracuse, they've been uh, surprising so far, and they have a former UTEP player on their roster, Devon Cooper. He caught three passes last week for 27 receiving yards against UConn in that victory. Give me Syracuse. All right, so two for Syracuse. I'm the only Purdue uh, prognosticator so far. Lane, wrap it up with you. Well, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue quarterback, one of the best stories of college football. He's 24 years old, started out eighth-string quarterback for Purdue. This Purdue team is a good team. Aiden O'Connell is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the whole country or in the Big Ten. He's going to put up a lot of yards. The interesting thing for Syracuse right here, and here's why I'm not picking them, Sean Tucker is their leading rusher and leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Purdue has a good enough defense to stop that. They, they, I mean, that was a crazy game against Penn State, a very winnable game for them. Purdue, like you said, doesn't start out 1-2. I have Purdue win this one. Bernie and Adrian, how's it feel knowing you're going to lose this game now yeah. that uh, Lane has already predicted that Purdue will be Syracuse? I already changed my pick Syracuse. right now. Yeah. I, already, I already did on the website, so no, that's you all can't that matters. Do that. Can't do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on. Come on here. All right. Uh, bottom of the hour as we continue here on the program. We normally have Sports Center, but let's keep running through these games because we have eight more to get to, and we got to get to before the break. So here we go. Game number three, Cal and Notre Dame. All right. This one uh, will be at Notre Dame Stadium, 12.30 on NBC and Peacock on Saturday. Notre Dame, 11-point favorites, both teams. uh, Reverse records. Cal comes in 2-0. 
Notre Dame comes in 0-2, but they are still favored by more than a touchdown and a field goal. Adrian, start us off this time. Yeah, Cal's two wins weren't that impressive. I mean, UNLV, I guess, that's all right. That's probably their uh, you know most quality win, but they just won 20-14, uh, to 14, so give me Notre Dame in this one. They finally get their first win of the year. All right, I'm with you on Notre Dame. I also like the Irish to win their first game of the season. I just can't see them going 0-3, and if they lose to Cal, they might not even make it to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. What about you, Lane? Okay, so interesting thing in this game, quarterback for Cal, Jack Plummer, for, former quarterback after Purdue, played pretty well in the Big Ten in his tenure there, but Notre Dame's going to win this one. Drew Pine is going to bring a revitalized type of thing to this team. He's going to be the quarterback, his third year on the roster for Notre Dame. Notre Dame needs to get that run game going, though. Right now, their leading rusher is Tyler Buckner. Their quarterback was out for the rest of the season. But yeah, get players, Michael Meyer, tight end, going to be a top 10 draft pick probably at the end of the year. Get him involved. Drew Pine just needs to find him. He'll win this game. Is that uh, Jake Plummer's son by any chance or no relation between the two Plummers? I'm not sure, but I know his brother is the quarterback at Arizona, Will Plummer. Got it. All right, uh, Bernie, what about you? Cheer, cheer for the Irish again. Uh, they've have, they have to win this game, and they're at home. Had two cup, Last week's loss uh, was, was horrible for them, but I think they'll bounce back. I'm taking Notre Dame. All right, next up. 1.30, so uh, about an hour after that Notre Dame game kicks off on NBC, BYU gets uh, Oregon on Fox. This game is going to be played uh, at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon. Three and a half point favorites. Now, I'm going to start this one off, all right? Um, I do believe that BYU is for real. Most people are thinking that they are going to go down in defeat to Oregon because they're supposed to. But I have a weird feeling about BYU this year. I really do. Um, I like them. I like the quarterback. I like the running game a little bit. Um, they've got some. They've got some weapons on offense. They score points. They win big games. So I am going to pick the upset here. Even though BYU is ranked twelfth and Oregon is twenty fifth, I will take uh, BYU winning this one. Um, Adrian, let's go back to you. BYU has Jaron Hall at quarterback, and they have a, an El Paso in and Gunnar Romney uh, at the wide receiver position. I just like the way that they eked out that victory against Baylor last week in overtime. Uh, it was just a tough game back and forth. Give me the Cougars on the road in a money game. All right. So far, say BYU. What about you, Bernie? Not so fast, my friend. Oregon had a tough loss against Georgia. They came back and put up 70 last week against Eastern Washington, as a good team should do, should do against a weaker opponent. Uh, BYU better find themselves an extra point, uh, a, a place kicker. Okay. They could have won that. They had three chances to win that game against Baylor, mm -hmm. and luckily they, it didn't come down to an extra point. They scored a touchdown. I am going with Oregon. I'm going with the Pac-12. I'm going with Oregon. All right. What about you, Lane? All right. Well, BYU obviously had a – Program winning win that last week against Baylor, but did they really deserve to win that game? Baylor had some missed kicks. BYU had some missed kicks. That's in their place. They're up in Watson Stadium now, one of the toughest places. You can't even hear yourself think in Watson Stadium. Bo Nix finds himself to win games like this. He usually loses the games to the juggernauts like Alabama and Georgia, but games against Arkansas, Ole Miss, teams like that, he managed to win. He wins this one over BYU, and it might be pretty convincing. I'm going to take Oregon, 35-21. All right, we're split on this one. I like that. It's also the first time I disagree with Lane. That's good, so we're not exactly the same here. Colorado, Minnesota, next up. Colorado is winless. They're trying to win their first game of the season. Minnesota, 2-0. This game uh, out there at uh, Huntington Bank Stadium in Minneapolis and uh, Minnesota, four touchdown favorites. Lane, is there any reason in any possible scenario why I should choose Colorado or is this going to just be a route? 
this is going to be the absolute route. They could win this game 55 to nothing if they want to. They spanked them at their place last year. It's up in Minnesota now, and that was without their best running back, Mo Ibrahim. With Mo Ibrahim now, with Tanner Morgan, sixth year at Minnesota, they spanked Colorado in this one. All right, so Lane goes uh, Minnesota. What about you, Bernie? I am also taking Minnesota. I mean, I, I just can't see. They could play a really, really bad game and still win. All right, uh, Adrian. Yeah, Colorado's been outscored this year, 79-23. to 23. There's no question about it. Golden Gophers. All right, let's move it along. Liberty, Wake Forest. This one in uh, Truist Field and Winston-Salem. Both teams are 2-0. and Wake, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over Liberty. Adrian, start us off. Oh, this is interesting. Wake Forest hasn't necessarily played anybody on their schedule so far. Liberty hasn't played anybody either. They just uh, beat out UAB Conference USA's own. Uh, I'm not sure how good the Blazers are. I'll still take the ACC team at home in Wake Forest. Lane, your turn. Well, Sam Hartman could be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft come April time. This is going to be a blowout for Wake Forest. Charlie Brewer, who was the starting quarterback for Liberty at the start of the year, I think he broke his collarbone game one. He's going to be out for like half the season. So Sam Hartman came back last week, played amazing. Yeah, I think they crush Liberty in this game. All right, Bernie. That's an easy one. Wake Forest. We're all in agreement going Wake over Liberty this time around. All right, we got four games left to go. Here we go as we continue. Washington State hosting Colorado State. Washington State after the big win at Wisconsin, 2-0. Colorado State, 0-2. This game in Pullman, Washington at Martin Stadium. Bernie, start us off. Well... I am picking Washington State. I hope they don't have a uh, a win hangover after beating Wisconsin, but at least they're going to be at home. I think that if they would have played a much lesser team on the road after beating Wisconsin, I would have probably taken the other team. But I think uh, I think that was a huge win for Wisconsin. Uh, I love I love Washington State. I love their coach. I think they're going to they're going to beat Colorado State pretty easily. All right, I'm with you on that one. I'll take Washington State as well to win, riding the momentum of that win over uh, Wisconsin. Uh, what about you, Adrian? Yeah, no question about it. Middle Tennessee beat Colorado State last week, and we know how bad Middle Tennessee is. They were already uh, voted as one of the top 25 worst teams in college football. Give me, uh, give me Washington State in here. Lane. Well, Colorado State is going to be an up-and-coming program. They got the facilities. They got the new head coach, Jay Norvell, from Nevada, but probably right now they're the second-worst team in the FBS behind Hawaii, yeah. Washington State, Cameron Ward, 15 touch, 50 touchdowns last year in Carnival. That's a tough game to win in Camp Randall Stadium, your second career start in the Power 5. So, yeah, Washington State, I think, wins this one by 50-plus, you could say. Wow. Okay. We've got uh, now three to go. Texas Tech is uh, visiting North Carolina State in rally at Carter-Finley Stadium. Both teams 2-0, and undefeated to start the year. North Carolina State, 10 Point favorites now. North Carolina State is ranked 16th in the country, and uh, you know, in contrast, Texas Tech is not ranked yet. Although if they beat North Carolina State, they definitely would. They had that big 33-30 win over Houston. Lane, how do you see it? Well, this time next week, Texas Tech will be ranked. Donovan Smith, a good quarterback. This Texas Tech team has been talented since last year. Once they fired Matt Wells last season, Sonny Cumbie came in. They got a good one against Iowa State. They had some good games. They made a bowl game. Texas Tech, a good team. They had that 4th and 20 conversion at the end of the game last week against Houston to win that game. I have the biggest upset so far this season I'm picking. Texas Tech over North Carolina State. North Carolina State can't get a running game going. I'm picking Texas Tech. 
I'll tell you why I'm picking Texas Tech. North Carolina State hasn't played anybody yet. All they played exactly. was East Carolina. And they, they won by a point. And Houston's a legit football team. That's always a good football go. game. Texas Tech gets a win. They're riding that momentum, and they can easily go in and win this game on the road. I'm with you on that one. What there about you, you Adrian? I, I'm going the other way just to go the other way. 16th ranked NC State. Give me the Wolf Pack. All right, Bernie. I agree with you. They haven't played They haven't played a tough opponent. They played East Carolina and Charleston Southern. Uh but they're ranked number 16. They they're, are. They're playing at home. I'm going with uh, NC State. Okay. Here we go. Two to go. Michigan State and Washington. This is going to be fun. Husky Stadium in Seattle. Both teams so far 2-0 and to start the year. Washington, because they're the home team, you always get the home team three points. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites, which tells me that this could easily be a pick'em type game. Michigan State, 11th in the nation. Washington, not yet ranked, although they probably will be if they win this game at home. Bernie, start us off. Washington has played Kent State and Portland State. I know they're 2-0. and Michigan State's gone to Western Michigan and Akron. Uh, Michigan State's ranked number 11. Washington is at home. I'm going with the Big Ten this time. Sorry, Washington. Sorry, Pac-12. I'm going with Michigan State. All right. Lane, I know your dad went to Michigan. So did your mom. You must hate Michigan State with an absolute passion. That being said, can Michigan State win this game on the road against Washington? Well, obviously, the major Michigan fan me wants to pick Washington this one. Michael Penix is an amazing Power 5 quarterback. I mean, they could have made near six bowl in 2020 if he didn't tear his Achilles, but... Michigan State, people keep on saying, oh, they fell off their running back position. Well, I think they maybe even got better. They're more versatile. They got Jalen Berger, and they got another great running back. But Payton Thorne struggled so far in the season. I think they can win it this in a sloppy game. I think both teams play pretty sloppy. 21-17, give me Michigan State. Adrian. Yeah, defensively, I actually like the way that Michigan State matches up in this one going into this. Uh, not good quarterback play, but you have a loaded running back group and a loaded wide receiver group. Give me the Spartans. All right. I've got one more pick to go, but it's 41 past the hour. We'll come back from the break. We'll end the hour with our final game and the tiebreaker. More of the 60-minute edition of Tony the Tiger's Sunball Watch right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Hour as we wrap up the hour on the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Bernie Olivas with us. Our celebrity um, celebrity picker this week is Lane Frank. By the way, um, how's the podcast been going since we uh, we last spoke to you just a few months ago? It's actually been amazing. I had that event where I interviewed Jerry Rice, Ray Lewis, Ladainian Thompson, all these amazing people. So now I just re- recorded episode number ninety one yesterday. Just been going crazy on college football so far, bringing in more views. That's good. And uh, baseball wise, you've been uh, what do you think? How many home runs is a judge going to end up with? I think judge probably ends up with 64, I'd say, at the end of the season. I mean, there's not that many games left. No way he gets 17 home runs. He needs no. to get 74. No, yeah. well, does uh, Pujols get to 700? I think he does. I mean, if he doesn't get to 700, he's probably going to get to 699. He's gonna get, uh, he's, there's no way he doesn't get three home runs in his last few games. Do the Padres make the playoffs? Two games up on Milwaukee right now. What do you think? I'm going to go with no because, say, the it's going to be tough because maybe the Mets lose the division, something weird. I just think the Padres don't make the playoffs. So, so you think Milwaukee struggling. sneaks in as that third wild card? I think too. Milwaukee sneaks in. Yeah. All right. And Pujols does not get the 700. Really? Hmm. No, if. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were no. making a real uh, tough prediction no. there. <laughs> if he that would does, be good. If he does not get the 700, 
Will he come back next year? Until here he, he said no. no. Yeah, here he, he said, said no. Ah, he's yeah. done. Yeah. He said no. He's done. He's done. He's done. He's done. This is his swamp. That would be song. sad. It is yeah. tough because he's a good guy. He, I, yep. I just like him. I, he I could, hope he does it. If he wasn't with LA all those years, he could have been one of the greatest players ever. If I mean, he already is, but he could have been the greatest. Took the money. Yeah. Took the money. All right. Uh, here we go, guys. We got one game left. It's been fun so far. Um, for those of you wondering uh, who Lane has picked, we'll recap his his favorites in a moment. Uh, Miami and Texas A&M will be our last game of the week. This is a 7 o'clock game, Saturday night on ESPN from Kyle Field and College Station. A&M coming off the embarrassing loss to Appalachian State, 1-1 one one on the year. Miami comes in 2-0. and oh. Texas A&M, despite the loss, 5.5-point favorites. All right, Lane, I'll let you start us off on this final game. A couple of top 25 teams doing battle out there at College Station. Okay, I'm going to give a big analysis on this. Tyler Van Dyke is an amazing college football quarterback for Miami. He's got physically, he could be a first-round pick in April. Mario Cristobal is a really good head coach. I mean, same class as Haynes King, Tyler Van Dyke was. Haynes King was ranked higher. Obviously, Tyler Van Dyke's had a better college football career so far. I really think Max Johnson should be the quarterback for this Texas A&M team going forward. Looks like Jimbo is going to stick with Haynes King, though. They got the explosiveness with Evan Stewart, Devon Chain. You saw him run back that kick. The defense just really struggled last week against App State. It's tough to get for a game like that against App State. They really controlled times of, time of possession that game, App State. I think this defense shows up versus Miami. Texas A&M gets a good win over Miami, hypes the team up a little bit. Thing to look out for. I mean, last year they lost there to Mississippi State, and then next week they beat Alabama. So they lose. We've already seen them get a good win next week. How close is this one going to be? I really, I mean, I'm going to go 28 to 17, actually. I think right. they've been in by two possessions. Gotcha. Bernie, your turn. When a good team loses at home to a team that they should beat, I pity the following opponent, and that's what's happening, going to happen this weekend. Miami's a very good, very good football team. Like, like Lane said, have a great coach, got a great team, but uh, A&M's going to bounce back, and uh, I think they're going to beat Miami pretty hard. All right. Uh, what about you, Adrian? I've got a flip. i got to go Miami. I like uh, Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, hey, they haven't beat anybody that good at all. But I'm actually with Lane. I think Max Johnson is that quarterback for Texas A&M, and I don't think they're going that way. So I'll take Miami in this one, the U on the road. You realize that if that comes true and Miami wins, all hell is going to break loose yes. out there. It's going to be awful. The hot seat for Jimbo is going to be a little too hot to handle. After the whole debacle with Nick Saban yep. and and possibly play, paying uh, NIL recruits, yeah, uh, that would be crazy right there to see that. I love it. All right, good job, Adrian. Appreciate that. Once again, those are the picks. You can check them out, sunbowl.org. Play the contest if you haven't done it. You'll have a chance to win big. And Bernie, if somebody outpicks Lane, which uh, he's already said will not happen, but in just of the the possible case somebody does outpick Lane, somebody's going to win big. Absolutely, Chick Fil A is ready is ready to there to make somebody very very happy. I'm excited about that. That is what it's all about. This came in on Twitter a little while ago from Edgar Gutierrez. Bernie Edgar tweets, how about free tickets to this year's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game for predicting the two correct teams playing in El Paso this year? You know, we might we might look into that. That's a great suggestion. That is a great suggestion. We'll definitely look into that. I like that. All right, good stuff. Uh, Lane, when's the next podcast dropping? Next podcast dropping tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Tomorrow so at 3 audio o'clock. will drop at 3 o'clock and then not sure on video time yet. Schoolyard Sports. All right. Um, tell me, uh, th- this next podcast, will it just be uh, you uh, talking uh, sports or we have a guest? What's going to happen? No guests this week, but I'll be talking about it. I'll be react- 
recapping up the U.S. Open a little bit. Carlos Alcaraz won that. I'll be talking a little bit about MLB, but NFL Week 1 recap and college football going heavy on this week. When will Adrian and I become guests on uh, Schoolyard Sports? We're, we've been wondering this since you last came on the show. When are you going to at least be kind enough to invite the two of us on your program? Whenever you want, Steve. Just let me know when you Well, the invite has to come. We don't invite our... Adrian, okay. do we ever invite ourselves, no. which, we're doing, no. which we're doing right now? <laughs> You're both invited. You're both invited All on right. our show anytime. Just All let right. me know. Just pick a slow day when you have nothing going on. We'll come on and, and make it fun. How okay. about that? Yeah, perfect. All right. That'd be good. Uh, Bernie, uh, it's been good so far today. It's been a lot of fun for us, and uh, a fast hour. It just flew by. It is a lot of fun, and if you want to keep up with us, please follow us on social media. Like us on Facebook at Tony at Tony the Tiger Sumble, Instagram at Tony the Tiger Sumble. Follow us on Twitter, and of course, add us on your Snapchat at the Real SBA underscore nineteen thirty five. That is great. I love it. Uh, please follow those people. And by the way, before I wrap it up. Uh, since we couldn't find the recorded version of you, uh, would you please just reiterate what we said at the start of the show so we can now record this and keep it for, uh, for, for the rest of the year? I am the best college ball analyst in the country. I'm sorry, anybody. Lee Corso is not better than me. Gus Johnson is not better than me. Desmond Howard's not better than me. Kirk Herbstreit's not better than me. No, those guys go 11 and 1 with their picks. I'm the best college ball analyst. I know more about college football than anybody in the country. What about Pat McAfee? Nobody knows more about college football than me. Definitely not Pat McAfee. All right. I'll make sure he hears that, too. Very nice. All right. Lane, thank you very much. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Of course. Appreciate Lane, it. Frank, uh, Bernie, uh, what a segment. That was fun. Could be one of the best shows we've ever had. We'll do it again I with you next it. Wednesday. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, final 30 minutes. Sports Talk continues. Our third and final hour on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. UTEP Zay is uh, with us in our Lubingo Studios as well. Appreciate Zay stopping by again. Um, Adrian, we've got a great guest on the phone lines right now to begin our third hour. I'm really excited about talking to this gentleman. Me too, Steve. This is uh, an amazing story. It's an inspirational story, and uh, people will get a chance to meet him tomorrow here in the 915, which is awesome. Rob Jones is in El Paso. Uh, he is getting ready to run a special 5K to help benefit uh, his foundation rob jones's journey and uh, he joins us actually to uh, begin our final hour of the show rob uh, welcome to sports talk good to have you on how you doing hey guys thanks for having me i'm honored to uh, be talking to you uh we're honored to have you on the program as well and i'm so excited that uh Pat Byrne at Sarah Farms uh, was able to team up with you and uh, really help you get the word out. I think for this 5K, you're going to be doing early tomorrow morning at Up and Running uh, here in El Paso on North Mesa. Uh, that's a great event in itself. It's a free 5K, Rob, that you just want to help do for people to come out and, and donate a little bit uh, to your foundation, get to meet you and, and see what you're all about. Yeah, I just kind of want to get out there and show people through my own example that um, you know, no matter what happens to you in life, you can lose your legs, you can lose a lot of things, but you can still do the things that you want to do, and um, there's really no excuse not to try. Well, I'll tell you what, what's really interesting to me is that um, you know you attended Virginia Tech, 
We just got yep. done with our uh, our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Challenge, where we talk uh, a little bit about the ACC and the Pac-12 because of the uh, of the Sun Bowl game here. And Virginia Tech has played on a couple of occasions. So you're from Lovettsville, Virginia. You uh, you you served in the Marine Corps. And first off, thank you for your service. And I Thank think what, what's more amazing to me is, as you mentioned, uh, after what happened to you serving our country, you could have gone in a lot of different directions, but you have gone in a, in a way that has inspired a lot of people. You're all about raising money for vets um, and, and just helping to really spread the word right now. Yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you what, most of the guys and gals that I was in the hospital with had the same exact attitude as me. I mean, they... Uh, they all recognized that they had a mission in life to make it enjoyable and make it meaningful, and they didn't let anything like uh, receiving an injury, like losing limbs, losing their sight, losing anything, um, let that uh, let that slow them down. So they're all that was a common theme within the uh, within the clinic, and so I'm just one of many people that is uh, doing things like this. Rob, this happened for you back in 2010 when you were deployed in Afghanistan, and that's when you stepped on the IED, and then you ended up with uh, your amputations above your your knee and, and your legs. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this: um, when you ended up retiring from the service and decided, really, you know, what was next for life? Did, is this something that immediately came to mind, or is this something that, that took a little time for you to really get out and, and decide what you wanted to do? Uh, yeah, you know, using running uh, to create a story, a positive story about veterans and kind of get a message about not quitting um, that I could use to help people out there, that kind of took a, a few years to develop. The first thing I did was um, I used the opportunity of losing my leg to go compete in the Paralympics in rowing, and I won a bronze medal. And I kind of used that as a launching point to start doing, uh, yeah, you know, more philanthropical and more kind of mindset stuff that I could use to help people. Um, and then I, you know, rode my bike across the country and then I, you know, finished with the month of marathons in 2017. So, yeah, it took a little bit of time to develop. Um, and over that time, I just kind of realized that my mission in life is to help other people accomplish their mission in life. And so this is the way that I'm, uh, I'm doing that by my own example. The 31 marathons in 31 consecutive days in 31 different cities to me is just, it, it's mind boggling when I start to think about <laughs> it. You know, you look back on that now five years later and, and tell me when you embarked on this challenge, is it's, I mean, you, I can't even imagine how that pushes you to the limit as far as everything goes. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, you, you put it really succinctly there. That's why I wanted to do this type of a challenge. I wanted to boggle people's minds. I wanted it to get all sorts of media coverage, and I wanted people's minds to be blown um, by this challenge that I was doing so they could just see just how far you can take things even when uh, you've lost your legs to, a, to an IED above the knee. And, yeah, it was an, an incredibly difficult challenge. And, and when it got tough, I just fell back on that uh, – you know, that selfless purpose that I had, I was trying to create a story that could help my fellow veterans and help other people. And so uh, when times got tough uh, and I was tired and I didn't feel like running anymore, I just remembered why I was out there and it gave me that extra spark of energy that I needed. 
Rob Jones is in El Paso. He's going to run that 5K tomorrow morning and up and running here on North Mesa um, just to raise awareness. So you want to learn more, robjonesjourney.com. It's robjonesjourney.com. Sarah Farm is a big part of that and appreciate Pat Byrne and company for being there and, and really helping to, to raise that awareness for you. How big has family been like for you as you've spent uh, the last 10 plus years now really traveling the world and, and, and developing your name for for really this cause i mean it's been everything i mean my mom was by my side uh the second i got i got hurt and my mom my dad uh, actually had just retired when i got wounded and he ended up living with me for like three months while i was in the hospital um and so family has been everything they've been my support network and then now of course i have my own family i got a wife named pan and my son's named harry he's two and, you know, they're everything to me, and they keep me going. And then, you know, I also have my Marine Corps family, which is uh, obviously they saved my life uh, when I stepped on the IED. And all of these people have been the driving force for everything I do. Rob, I know that you're also a professional speaker. You go out and tell your story to uh, a lot of people. What What is it about, you know, giving your story and kind of seeing the reaction from people that is so rewarding for you? Um, I mean, just seeing the fact that I've been able to use my story to help people get through either a mental block or something that happened to them or something they've been struggling with. Um, the fact that they can sort of get the lessons they need to help them through that situation through my story and, and the things that I've done, it's what makes everything that I do, uh, worth it. It's why I do it. It's the whole reason I'm out here, uh, you know, punishing my body and, and learning these lessons the hard way. I can share them with other people, not only my own family, but uh, anybody that might be struggling with something. And so that's, you know, hearing that uh, is the exact reason that I do this. You just mentioned punch, punishing your body. I always feel if you're in the Marines, you got to be in the best shape of your life. There's just no doubt about <laughs> it. That being yeah. said, all of the different challenges that you have done since that time, you really have uh, taken your body to the limits, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I was probably in the best shape of my life. I got, during the month of marathons, probably. I mean, I was, I ran faster as a double above the amputee than I ever did in the Marine Corps. My three mile time in the Marine Corps was something like 18 minutes and 20 seconds, and my best 5K time after my injury was 18 minutes flat. So um, there you go. You can even get stronger after sustaining, you know, almost devastating injuries. Incredible. Uh, so now my question is this, Rob. You've you've run the thirty one marathon, uh, thirty one marathons in in thirty one days. You've done that. You've you've competed in the Paralympics. You've medaled there. You've traveled all over the world. Now you've got a family. Now you've got a two year old. You've got a wife who's been with you for years. Uh, are we slowing down at all? Or are you still ramping up? And uh, what's next? What haven't you done that you still want to do on on the list? Um, you know, I. Right now, it's, it's mostly about raising a two-year-old. I'm writing a memoir to um, continue to get my story out there. Uh, but, yeah, once we kind of uh, get our kids, once we stop having kids, I can see myself doing some uh, more physical challenges. I think one thing that interests me would be doing the uh, seven marathons, seven continents, seven days challenge. That'd be fun. Uh, I've always wanted to run a 100-miler, so that'll be on my uh, list of things to do. So I'm not going to stop. Um, continuing to add to this story. But right now, my focus is on uh, telling the story and getting out to as many people as I can. Well, you're here in El Paso, and I know that a lot of El Pasoans can meet you tomorrow morning. All they got to do is just get up bright and early, 
join you for that 5K at 6 a.m. and up and running right down the street here on North Mesa. And they'll get a chance to see you up close and personal, run with you, which I'm sure will be pretty inspiring, especially since you're doing it for free and all the fans have to do is just come by, run, and uh, and, and just, uh, you know, if they want to contribute to your foundation, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be getting down there and doing some exercise, and I'm going to be showing people, uh, you know, live and in person how any kind of difficulty does not have to stop you, and then we're going to drink a bunch of chocolate milk. That is the way to start a morning, <laughs> Rob. I like that. Hey, by the way, is this your first trip to El Paso? Yeah, my first time uh, in El Paso. It's uh, So far, I haven't seen a whole lot of it yet because I just got here, but it's great so far. Good. Um, let me ask you this. El Paso is like the Mexican food capital of the world. So if you're a fan, um, I'm sure you, you, like a lot of people, you know, you watch what you put in your body because you compete and do so many different things. Can you at least have a little bit of a cheat day and, and enjoy some of the best stuff uh, you're going to find anywhere? Well, when you put it that way, I might as well have a burrito tonight for dinner. Why not? Good. I like that. And while you're at it, you can wash it down with a margarita, and you'll be off and running tomorrow morning. It'll be perfect, Rob. Yeah, man. It's going to be awesome. Enjoy it. Carbon, Thanks. Carbon up for the morning. There you go. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, terrific stuff, man. Really, uh, really uh, happy that you're here in town. Thanks for having me. Rob Jones, folks, joining us again. You want to learn more, just go online, robjonesjourney.com. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap things up. We'll get to Hags. We'll check in with UTEP Zay, see what he's got going on, all that and more as Sports Talk continues. It's 600 ESPN El Paso.